All right, welcome back. This is Larry Wilmore. I am Black on the Air. You are listening to Black on the Air. Guys, this is, I think, the last podcast for a while. I think we may be shutting down shop for the end of the year. Is that right? That's correct. I think so. So we may have a best of coming up. But, um, you know, a, brother, a brother's kind of busy, you guys. A brother's kind of busy. No, we actually did a lot of podcasts this year. It was very, very fun year. And my guest on today's podcast is the amazing Tracy Ellis Ross. And Tracy is so much fun. I think you guys are really going to enjoy our conversation it, you know what it is? It's just two silly people happy that they're together talking. <laughs> it's basically what it is. It's really a fun talk. So I hope you enjoy that. We end up talking for an hour, so I really don't have much to say right now. We just had the midterms, and um, it kind of went as expected, I, I thought, from my point of view. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 8th, and it was a very emotional day because we just had this shooting here in California in Thousand Oaks. So that was kind of coursing through my body today. Horrible, horrible thing. It's just terrible. And of course, right away, all the people go into the corners and all the conversations come up that are the same conversations we keep having over and over, which is the definition of insanity. You know, just saying the same things, expecting a different result just doesn't happen. It really saddens me from so many different points of view. I don't know much about the the killer. It sounds like he was a, a vet, which is even more tragic because there may have been some PTSD. I'm not sure. But if it was, it guys, that is really, really makes it in some ways even worse. It's a tough thing to say because when you lose a child and lose a loved one, what actually does make it worse, you know. But in the big scheme of things, I think I kind of— see it like that. It just seems like there's so much failing of people that have, you know, given the service to the country and then this type of thing happens really. I don't like it, I guess. So we'll see what's going to happen, though, in the um, in in the Congress now with with Trump actually having a check on his power. The next two years are really going to be interesting, you guys, and we're going to talk about it right here on Black on the Air. We're going to keep track on it. I don't think they're going to impeach the president, and I don't think they're going to bring impeachment proceedings against the president. That is my prediction. I have predicted to you that, unfortunately, I did think Trump was going to get reelected. I hope that isn't true, but to me, the biggest issue of the election, even now and coming forward, is the economy. I think the Democrats are not telling the truth on it. And I think that hurts them. It's one thing to not talk about it, but it's another thing to not tell the truth on it where they say, no, the economy is not good. No, the economy is good. You know, it may not be perfect. No economy is perfect. But if we acknowledge the economy was getting better under Obama, we can't suddenly say it's worse now when all the numbers are better. That's just not telling the truth. Better thing is, is to look at the reasons why you need to be elected. Where's the country going? It's not just about how much money we have. What are our values as a country? What do we want to be as Americans? What do we, how do we want to represent ourselves not only in the world, but in the years to come? What are we giving to our children? What is the world that we really want to live in? That's what you need to present to us and tell us how you intend to do that. But don't tell me something that I know isn't true because that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, and that's not the way to win. That's not the way to get to people. 
that's kind of my dig at Democrats sometimes, you know, and at Republicans too. But I'm not a Republican. I'm a Democrat, so I gotta, I gotta knock my own sometimes to knock some sense into it. But we'll see what happens. I think there's a a lot of interesting people that got elected. Some a lot of fresh new faces. I'm very happy that Nancy Pelosi, who you know I talked to very recently, is Speaker of the House again. Nancy Pelosi. Here's the thing about Nancy Pelosi. I don't like it that she became the butt of a lot of jokes. And it wasn't just Republicans. A lot of people made fun of her in a way that I found offensive because they, the the jokes at the heart of the Nancy Pelosi jokes were calling her ditzy, pretty much. And I'm not wrong with this. If you look at all the jokes, that's what they're implying. This is one of the sharpest people <laughs> who have ever worked in Washington. And I can't wait to see her take over again and do what she does. But she really doesn't give a fuck what you think about her. She really doesn't. So if you're doing all those jokes, she don't care. She's got a lot of work to do. I remember when I talked to her, I was so impressed with how, like, even when I was skeptical about something, she's her attitude was like, no, Larry, I'm not I'm not worried. Here's what needs to be done. And she just ran with it. So I'm very happy for, um, for Speaker Pelosi. Congratulations on that. And I think that's about it for now. Look, I will always be near the microphone for the next few uh, weeks if something happens. I will always do an emergency pod, you know, and weigh in on something. You know, we'll see if that happens. I don't think I've forgotten anything. Anything, you guys? I think you got it. All right. So, having said that, guys, um, I won't talk to you, so have a happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that stuff coming up. It's so weird to talk about that now! But, uh, I want you to sit back and listen to, I think, uh, one of my favorite conversations on Black and Air with the talented Tracy Ellis Ross. All right, welcome back. This is a special treat, you guys. It's kind of, you know what it is? This is our last one before the holidays. I like to think of this as a holiday treat. Oh, I love it. I, I will, know. I will take it. We'll take that. I'm like right. a Pfeffernoose. Is yeah. Well, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is that? It's a holiday cookie. <laughs> wow. There's, but you know, uh, wait. Let me introduce you, and then I want to come back to this. The multi-talented, uh, truly, you know, and uh, on one of the most successful shows in television, Tracy Ellis Ross here from Blackish, you guys. Yeah. So wait, go back. What was this cookie called again? Pfeffernoose. So when I was on Girlfriends, um, mm-hmm. my character was obsessed. Yes. Joan Carol Clayton was obsessed with the holidays. Right. And w- there was one epi- episode, yes. and I remember seeing this word with P's and F's and whatever. Oh, and I was like, I don't know. What is yeah. this? They were like, it's Pfeffernoose. I was like, well, what the fuck is a Pfeffernoose? And it's apparently some dusty little cookie. Right. It's like this little— This like, is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a Pfeffernoose cookie. So wow. it's it's like this little— looks like a half of a circle right and it's okay. covered in like powdered sugar and right. it, still yeah. still not drawing me to bite it though. listen to me right. nothing about a cookie even right. draws me to bite it yes. personally right and a pfeffernoose um yeah. is not you know my mouth has to work harder to say it than to eat it i don't know if the, I want that it. is that yes. is well said sir <laughs> yes. well check in your column <laughs> thank you very much there <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that fall in the cracks for me. Like, I didn't know what is it called? What is it? Uh, marshmallow fluff? You know, that stuff? Yeah. Um, like, I didn't. Like, have, actual fluff? I think it's. The one in the jar that you can actually yes. buy fluff, not when you get I, a marshmallow and melt it. Correct. Okay, yeah. So, 
Like that, I knew growing up. Yes, but of course. We never had fluff in our house. We, I don't. Well, I didn't know this all, until I was an adult. First of all, any house that has fluff in it, yeah. like you have to question the parenting skills <laughs> yes. because it is a jar of like. Yes. It's not even. It's not even a marshmallow. Like a marshmallow is bad enough. Yes. Can I tell you? What my, is marshmallow? What is that? It's gelatin, I think. Is it? I couldn't tell you. I, I don't, don't know. That's what, what Google's for. We don't need to know these things I know. anymore. But we've had marshmallow with us for so long, Tracy. So we long. don't really know what it is. I, it's not good because people yeah. who are vegans and vegetarians don't eat marshmallows. Really? It's just true. But I don't well, I don't least, take their lead anyway. So. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I follow everything a vegan does. Now, listen. Well, marshmallows, uh, yes. I okay. am the person, which <laughs> okay. is so ridiculous. I think of marshmallows like a mmm. Okay. So I don't really, right. I pretty much stay away from sugar, dairy, and gluten. Which is why you look Amazing. Well, that's kind, yes. but it's more right. that, you know, my stomach bloats, I get hives, Got these it. kinds of things. So, yes. um, but <laughs> yeah, she would be the opposite of looking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so basically, right. So, right. I am the girl in my household uh-huh. that literally during the holidays, right. the bag of marshmallows that is for the sweet potatoes, I. <laughs> Like break a hole in them, wow. and I'm the girl that like sneaks marshmallows out, really? and then like on the Christmas Day yeah. or <laughs> Thanksgiving, like right. there's never enough marshmallows. That is hilarious, <laughs> and you're the thief every time. I am an absolute marshmallow thief. Do people know you're this thief? I or? think now. I don't know if they're going to listen to your podcast. <laughs> I might. I might actually suggest the, they don't. But like, I am the marshmallow thief. The jig is up, and I have been known to like take one of the big marshmallows and yeah. just shove the whole thing in my. Mouth and just try and talk, right. and you remember talk with marshmallow. Right. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. okay, not as funny to everybody else as it is to me. No, but I, I'm that is it tickles me to I no find, end. I find it fascinating. <laughs> I find it fascinating. Um, it's so nice to end on such a cheery note because this has been such a tough day. It's and been a tough year, it's been it's a tough, been a year, tough yeah. two years, yeah. and a really bad day. Yeah, and one of the reasons I was looking forward to talking to you because there's so much that you can talk about. You know, mm-hmm. I love where you are, like, out, you're out there in the world, but you're still this actress, you know, and doing these things. You're like a symbol for people for some things, too. You know, you speak out on things, mm-hmm. which is great, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like to use my voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, how are you feeling about the elections? Why don't we start with the that? The midterms? Yeah, sure. Um, I felt that, I felt pleased that we made mm-hmm. some strides. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like this is, this is the beginning of what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. I was happy with the turnout. Um, feel very still frustrated and uh, not great about all the voter suppression and the mm-hmm. very real stuff that's going on. Like in Georgia? In Georgia and mm-hmm. Florida. Um, real stuff going on there. Georgia, that, it, Florida, it's just the fact that it's Florida. Yes. Georgia, <laughs> right. though, right. that it's been, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's appalling. Yeah, there's some screwy stuff happening in Georgia. Very screwy. Right. Um, so... Uh, but I felt very, uh, I felt solid about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking at the map of the country and how red it looks was um, is disheartening and concerning and bizarre to mm-hmm. me, considering. Um, you mean when they do that? When they do that overall map? Yeah, I think that's kind of misleading, though. I hope yeah. it's misleading. It just really, the fact that people are not simply appalled by what mm-hmm. is happening um, and absolutely running in the other not you know mm-hmm. running in the other direction is truly baffling to me and yeah. i still walk towards it with an open heart sure. and want to have 
um, real conversations with people, right. but I'm not going to lie. It it makes my insides hurt. What do you think is the, I mean, you've traveled a lot, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked to me. It's actually one of my favorite things. I went campaigning for yeah. these midterms and I've done since Canvassing, that kind of thing? I didn't go canvassing. Mm-hmm. I actually go with the candidates and oh, wow. we... Um, Who were some of the candidates? So I went with Gillum. I went with his mm-hmm. wife around and we, mm-hmm. you go to a lot of the, um, why can't I think of the the place? The precincts or... Yes, all or the something captain, there, I don't I don't know what yeah. the word is, but there's some voty word. Like yes, there's some voty word that I can't think of right now yeah. after a very 12 hour long day. Um, but uh, go and encourage them. And mm-hmm. I have done door to door. I've done all of that. Uh-huh. Um, I've done all the different pieces. But have, then you just talk to people. Have you done formal speeches? Or it's I have. More like, I've done oh, all of great. the mixes. I did oh, cool. formal speeches for Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. um, and introduced her places. Wow, I that's cool. um, went with, for Barack Obama. <laughs> when you introduced her, when she comes up, were you going, good luck? <laughs> no, I, I did not. It was actually that, you know, that speech was terrifying. It uh-huh. was shortly after. After the uh, pussy grab moment. Oh, wow. In the and fall. It was right near it, the election. Yes, yeah. and it was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I introduced her, and I was a little terrified. Are there many Dems in Arizona? Uh, there were some there. Yeah. Um, but still, there was a lot of protest around um, yeah. the area where we were. And, uh-huh. you know— I really feel like it's, in all honesty, I think that people across this country, American people and people in general, I really like people. Mm-hmm. So I find going out into the world um, exciting. Yeah. Um, I love meeting, talking, and talking, talking to people and in different areas. Oh, and I just stuff. think it's, it's a lot of fun. incredible. Yeah. I just think people are incredible. There's a lot of good character studies. Yes, that, that is a fact. I mean, yeah. there's some— For just, writing and acting, you're right? You're just like, well, holy shit. <laughs> yes. You're like, you have no idea what you're doing for me right now. You have no idea. It's amazing. Sometimes people catch you, too, go, are you going to use this in something? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, um, it's, but so I don't remember what your original question was. <laughs> oh, it was about Arizona and oh. that sort of thing. Did you have a sense— when you were with Hillary, like being out there in the country that something different was going on than what was being reported at all, like in terms of what people were feeling or that type of thing? Or did it just seem like, oh, come on, this is a wash? You mean for Hillary that yes, she was going to exactly. win? Oh, I what, don't what, know that I thought it was going to be a wash. Mm-hmm. Like you could feel that mm, this may not be as easy as I'd hope it to be. Yeah, and uh-huh. I and I actually think that's what's even now. Mm-hmm. I find that— uh, truly, like, yeah. very undermining to my belief system. Mm-hmm. And What do you mean? In terms of what is right and wrong mm-hmm. and sort of the—you um, don't speak about people that way. You don't mm-hmm. use that language. You, you don't lie. Right. You, do you know what I mean? Like, these are the basic things that we— yeah. I believe are raised on as you're raising a child to become Hillary an adult. Or Trump right now. now I'm talking. No, come please, on. come on. Joke. Hello. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, um, but it's so it seems so. Yes. I, it's baffling to me, right. and yet, even with my baffle, even with my um, sort of disheartened, you're baffled heart, at his appeal. Yeah, uh-huh. I yeah. really am. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. There's nothing wrong with people believing different things. Yeah, but. This is different. I think it's in a couple of categories from what I've been able to mm-hmm. see. Like, I think there are the, the the actual Trump Kool-Aid drinkers who really do, they, they are in the cult of Trump. Mm. You know, they were in that uh, Mexican rapist, build the wall. 
the Ann Coulter camp is what I'll call, you know, okay. those people. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are the people who are Republicans and mm-hmm. they want conservative laws and Understand issues uh-huh. to get across. And, you know, over time, I think they've their eyes are just kind of glossed over, you know, when it comes to Trump as a man. Mm. But they see taxes get passed, you know, those issues, you know, and they're happy that their issues get there, you know. I guess so. I don't know. I really— And then uh, there's some people that just aren't political and they just don't pay attention. And they're just— Well, we all need to wake up. Yes, I agree. But some people are just Republican. They're just Democrat, and that's just what they are. And it's like good luck getting them to act differently because a lot of that is habitual, too. Yeah, that's really interesting, too. It's something— Because I think sometimes— like sometimes I know, like some people <laughs> on Twitter, you know, the oh, happy uh, place to be. <laughs> yes, yes. So much information. There. I know, but I think sometimes, <laughs> like when some people say, "I can't believe so and so would vote for a candidate," and I go, "Well, I can believe it. I mean, they're Republican or they're uh-huh. Democrat. That's kind of what their job is. Mm. You know, like it has to be an extraordinary job to kind of convince the people." That are that. It's the it's the people in the middle who are the ones that can move, you know. Right. But, people that are purple. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where those are the people that I can't understand are swallowing <laughs> all the Trump stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I I'm, guess if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. And and I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there one particular issue like for you right now, whether it was in the midterms or maybe that? Um, you feel like you care about, like, at the high, uh, higher part I, I of the list really for you personally? I do really think that um, mass incarceration and the criminal oh, okay. justice system in this country is a real problem. And the way that it is affecting um, the black community, mm-hmm. um, it, it, the way it's disproportionately falling on the shoulders of black women as black mm-hmm. men are, you know— Leaders of households. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and being paid less and, and, mm-hmm. um, and also just uh, the— Police violence um, uh-huh. is there's a real problem. Yeah, it's funny that on the first issue, they're actually both sides actually have points of view in it. Mm. That's actually an issue that there might be able to be compromised. Mm. But it's interesting that second issue, I don't know why. Which part? What you mean about the uh, mass incarceration as the first issue, or just? Yeah. Um, Criminal justice reform, let's yes. say, mm-hmm. you know, because mass incarceration is, is more a, of a, is a <laughs> yes, it's more of a particular point of view. And it, it, let's is, say. it is a particular point <laughs> yeah. of view about right. um, the criminal justice system. Yes. Right. And that's, you know, a lot of that came out of Michelle Alexander's book where she yes. kind of woke uh-huh. a lot of people up to a certain way of looking at it. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Right. The book, mm-hmm. The New Dream Crow, is that what you're Correct. talking about? Yes. Yes. So um, and um uh, 13th, what, what was Ava's movie called? 13. 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had my sister, I was like, you've got to watch that. She watched it and she was like, yeah, we learned all this in school. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, did I m- miss that? She right. was like, my God, Tracy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> now, then go, now go watch the one with Oprah. Oh, no, she, she was like, I'm glad this movie was made, but for yes. many majority of the African-American community or the black community, mm-hmm. this is not new information. Exactly. Yes. And that always, the the police part of it, what frustrates me about that, it always comes across on ears like we're the ones being racist by bringing it up. Yeah, this is difficult. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's just like yeah. being being the black person that's always asked the diversity question and nobody asks the white actors. I don't, I'm like right. lost on that. Tracy, what do you feel about diversity? Why you got to be so racist, Tracy? I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about diversity? Right. It's, you know. No. We just got into some really heavy shit. Yes. That was a, quite a heavy conversation. That yeah. 
Very heavy. You well, that's just, honestly, that's the stuff going on right now. And right. I can't help, but I have to keep reminding myself mm-hmm. to keep my eyes open, to be awake. Yes. And at the same time, to not be bogged down mm-hmm. um, in a way that it uh, um, uh, debilitates me. Yes. That I have to stay in the action of it in what are the things that I can do mm-hmm. um, or it really does feel um, bad in a right. way that is not helpful. Yeah. I was really moved by your TED Talk when you— Oh. Hmm. Um, did sp- you watch it, Larry? I did watch oh, it. Wow. Absolutely. Okay, so. I'm a fan. When are you going to understand that? You're not a fan. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I've been a fan. What did I say in the audition when I first went in there? Um, now I have to remember. Okay, Let's, so I auditioned. I auditioned yeah. for Blackish, um, which was so much fun, by the way. Which was so so much. Tracy fun. and Anthony Anderson together is hilarious. It was amazing right from the beginning. Oh my god, it was so funny. It, yeah, it was actually. Kenny and I were like little kids watching it. It was so funny mm-hmm. because that was one of those great experiences where everything that I, every mm-hmm. idea I had about who right. Bo was, mm-hmm. came to life yeah. in. Standing with Anthony, like there, it was like, right. oh, this is who she is. Oh, okay, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So as an actor, did you have like an idea in your mind, and then you get in your feet, you go, oh, you know, mm. to a certain extent, I do have an idea in my mind, but I a long time ago stopped making those kinds of choices, yeah. and I lean into the magic of connection in the room, even if right. it's with a casting director. Yeah. Um. So that I'm just present to the moment. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing on Blackish and the way that I work. Anthony and I work very similarly. I don't go home. Anthony does, but I don't go home and learn lines. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. I get locked into something mm. that, to me, makes me lose mm-hmm. the joy of the moment sort of appearing. When do you memorize your lines? From during rehearsal. Just takes two seconds for me. That is amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, don't. I I don't. Even when you have like a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it uh, being in the space? Because I find like when you're acting and you're in the space, yeah. sometimes it helps it's, to lock in what the words it's are. It's a combination of in the space and just knowing what it's about. That's why, right, right, as right, right, right. you experienced when you were with us, that um, mm-hmm. I'm always asking why. Yes. It's yes. it's like really important to me. Because if I understand why, then Completely. I totally, un- it just, all the pieces fall into place. Yeah. And, you know, our show is incredibly well written. Yeah. So it's not like you can't follow what's happening right, in the scene. Right. It's not like I'm like, where did this come from? Yes. Like it, you follow. So when something, when I can't remember a line yeah. or when I'm stuck, it usually means something's not tracking yeah. for me and tr- it's not truthful. Yeah. And for me, the more important thing is getting my sleep. So during production, I need to get my sleep. I don't drink um, only on Friday nights. Am I allowed right. to have a glass of something or other? Yes. I don't. Like, I'm just really diligent about uh-huh. that stuff because I need my brain. Because right. I need this to you happen. You use that sharpness and alertness to be in the moment mm-hmm. there with the line. To be absolutely present. Right. It's, to me, for me, I have discovered at now 46 and doing this for quite some time, mm-hmm. that is actually my talent. Right, and that's— Is being present. Yes, I think it's one of the most important things. Um, Everybody works differently. Yeah. You know, Jennifer doesn't—Jennifer Lewis doesn't need somebody opposite her. Yeah. And she's brilliant. Right. She actually would prefer if you would leave from, from in front of her face. <laughs> Jennifer Lewis, she's beautiful. She's of course, genius. Yeah. The genius yeah, that is, is Jennifer Lewis. And she's magic. Like, it's—you're— right. it, 
but it has nothing to do with responding to another well, person. She's from the tradition of theater it's where, different. where it's very presentational. Yeah. It has that approach. But there's yeah. a lot of power from that as well. It's, it's very powerful. Incredible. Yeah. And she is incredible. Yeah. But it's a completely different sort of style yeah. than the way I work. Right. Um, so, for example, if somebody, like sometimes this comes up with Jennifer, mm-hmm. she likes to break it up and do her lines over and over again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I get lost. Yeah. Because I'm in, like, I'm like, I don't know which part of the scene yes. we're in if we don't start from the beginning. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you I, don't, I have no idea. So it's it's really interesting. Say, as a producer, it's so fun to watch you work, especially when you work with Anthony. Because mm, you guys so both, much fun. Well, you guys listen so well. We listen. Yes. It is, and now fifth right. season, it's, it's un- be great. it is un- so much shorthand, believable right? what Anthony and yeah. I do. It, sometimes it blows my mind because we both like every once in a while I'll notice what we're doing, but yeah. usually I'm just doing it. Right. But um, the two of us have found these. There's ways that we both kind of improv or make sounds or mm-hmm. whatever, but we both instinctively make space for it. Right. Without any. There's no like, are you going to do that? Are, are you going to, yeah. are you going to, so wait, are we going to, I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting, which right. happens sometimes when you're acting. Like people sure. are like, wait, I didn't know. Or, yeah, I, oh, yeah. oh, oh, you were going to, I didn't know, you know, oh, is that a line now? Or mm-hmm. we don't, there's never any of that. Yeah. And it just, it's like, it's the neatest, most fun thing in the world. Yeah, you're Nichols and Mays. Um, uh, Elaine May and Mike Nichols, your guys' energy is so great together. Oh, it's so much fun. And it's so, and it, but it's gold at the same time too, you know. Uh, well, I, mm. It, it is a very special yeah. thing that happens when he and I are working yeah. that is really fun. Let me pause, of course, to say yeah. congratulations on Blackish oh. for this whole run. Well, I should say thank you. No, well, I was very happy, you know, to be invited in as part of it. You mm. know, I always felt privileged to be in that. I mean, when you come into a situation with all that talent around mm. and everything— that's hard in television to create. I mean, Kenya's script was great right from page one. It was. You know, it said what that show was. It certainly and remember did. at that time, there wasn't anything quite that bold on network television. Nothing. Nothing, exactly. Larry, there was, <laughs> there nothing. was nothing. The fact, I mean, that's yes. why people were in an uproar. There yes. was no Atlanta. I know. There I were, mean, <laughs> no, I know. None of that stuff existed. I know. So I know. it was, and we yeah. were on network television. I we know. are on network television. Yeah. It was like being pushed out to yeah. the, like, holy shit. Yeah, what was, I, I yeah. used to make the joke about Mickey going, mm, I don't know. Yes, you did. <laughs> There's a lot of beef. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of beef and beep. Right. And, yeah. But uh, growing up, uh, uh, working with with the kids who are so mm, talented, mm, amazing. How, how's that been for you? That's got has. Been I mean, fun, right? I'm so in love with them. Yes. It's like annoying to me. Yeah, yeah. I find that. I mean, I, if you if you follow me on Instagram, my Insta stories are usually filled with like some ridiculousness that's happening with right. the kids. I mean, they have watching them grow into people has been one extraordinary thing uh-huh. and then watching them become these wonderful actors yes. is a whole other yeah because they already started out at they a pretty started good place at, as very talented right. I mean they just were gifted kids period and they each had something very special and different about them mm-hmm. Miles had this kind of wide-eyed wonder <laughs> did, to yeah. him yeah. Um, and then Kayla had this like like hundred year old wisdom to her she did. like this like snappy uh, it like was amazing like it was bizarre like right. it, you're just like what's happening I remember her audition we uh, <laughs> we were so blown away by that audition I, I can only imagine yeah and then Marcus with this he has this extraordinary combination of absolute insecurity yes 
that has no self-consciousness to it. Yes. Which yes. Is, doesn't even make sense. Yes. Like, you're like, how how are you playing that awkward, but with no, like, the— And, and there's a confidence to the insecurity. It's so—it's the <laughs> mo- weirdest combination. It's amazing. Yes. So they—I I say the three of them because now I'm working with them regularly. Yara's—I have—she's I, not right. always on the show anymore. But Yara has yeah. her own extraordinary thing. She has thing. so much composure and poise, it seemed, Composure, poise— yeah. um, preparedness, like yeah. just sort of— She's a um, good student. Yeah. Yeah. But watching them sort of gain their own confidence, uh-huh. um, their ability to even understand the ping-pong of chemistry. Right. Um, to, like, seeing that wide-eyed wonder of Miles actually become a character. Yeah. That he knows how to play and, like, start seeing him make choices that are not on the page. Uh-huh. That you're just like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And now, like, at the table reads, when they're just getting material and we're running from set, like, you sure. see them make these choices that I literally constantly, I'm, like, putting my hand on my heart and going, like, I just can't. I can't. That's so I funny. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, yeah I just love, I love them. I, they're wonderful people and they're wonderful actors and right. they're fun. This week, I mean, this evening— Miles, I don't know. He's getting tired. He was like a <laughs> like a jumping bean. Like uh-huh. I, he would not calm down. And he was like, "What we need is we need energy. We need. I don't know where your energy is, Tracy." He kept yeah. saying to me, and I was like, "My energy is going into the scene, little boy." I was like, "You need to stop talking." He's like, "I don't have to conserve my energy." <laughs> exactly. It was, <laughs> right. It's amazing. They're amazing. I love them. Yeah, he's going to be directing soon. I'm sure he's going to be doing everything. And on Dancing with the Stars, he's just—he's such a performer. Yeah. Special, special. All of them are very, very special. Yeah, that Marseille Kylo. She's she's an amazing young woman too. She's coming into her own. Mm-hmm. Um, that's she's gonna, also lovely to be with. Yes, just just not, lovely to just be around. Good peeps. Yeah, right? I'm telling you, I, yeah. I love being around them. Yeah. I just their 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 company is easy. They're mm-hmm. um, they're kind. I get. I still. It's been five years. Yeah. I get a hug, greeting, hello, and goodbye. It's amazing. The I end of say every day. That stuff starts at the top. You know. It's really their parents yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I meant you and Anthony. Oh no, too, I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> you treat I've set a nice horrible though. example. <laughs> Thank God their parents are around. No. <laughs> Pretty good. You're I'm getting okay. your little shots here and there. I, I mean, you're a sneaky one, like with the marshmallows, you know. Oh, I'm a yeah. sneaky one. Yeah. But I also like, you know, um, I'm working at work. Yes, exactly. So, you know, and it's nonstop right. what we do. Yeah. You know, people are always like, I know you have long days, but you guys sit around all day. We don't sit around at all. Yeah. We, there is no downtime. You can barely send a text. Like, you'll right. write the text and it never gets sent, and two days later, you look back, you're like, why didn't they answer me? You're like, I never press send. I know, just it's never, so busy. Yeah, it's just busy. The amazing thing about Blackish, too, when we talked about when it came onto the scene, was being able to tackle those type of issues on network television. Mm, no joke. Yeah. What were some of the issues that you were amazed that you even got a chance to do on TV? Were those that type of thing, or really happy that you did? You In know? all honesty, um... None of it feels mm-hmm. awkward to me. It all feels like, yeah, this is what we should be talking about. Right. It's when we go into Stevens and Leto in the office that mm-hmm. I think to myself, I cannot believe that we get away with saying right. half of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm literally sometimes I'm like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but yet, I feel like I think Kenya calls them the Council of Idiots or something. That's funny. Yeah. Um, there's something so important that happens uh-huh. with all of those horrible stereotypical racist, right. um, you know, 
just awful things that get said in there sure. that really set the stage for the rest of what we're doing. Yeah. That sort of show you the context of the world that all of these things are so unfolding in. It's kind of an absurdity in, in some ways. But and yet then you can the, you guys still play it real also. You yeah. do both of those things. But yeah. because there's like we're unpacking all this stuff in mm-hmm. the other parts of the show, there's something really important about showing the, all that other stuff that exists around it right. in, is sort of the example that Stevens and Leto. But sometimes I'm like, holy mazzoli. Well, what you guys do so well are all the different opinions, too. Yeah. It's not monolithic. It's not, yeah. You know, and there Agreed. have been some amazing episodes in that. Where it's like, oh, they said that. You yeah. Know? And then you balance it out with other yes. stuff. Or right. you balance it out with where that point of view is coming from. Yeah. From the experience that someone has had, their own past. Yes. That kind of explains that that's their point of view. I remember when I, when I was still working on the show back, <laughs> back in the day. Before oh, you were see, doing all those other things. I, you know, it's so yeah, yeah, long yeah. ago. I had so much fun, though. It was mm. one of the hardest things in the world. And I missed everybody so much. Yeah, it was I hard I'd for you. Back. It was hard when you left. It's hard Kenya leaving, too. Oh, yes. I know that's mm. got to be another thing because mm-hmm. that's like family, you know? It's weird. I mean, it's not like family. It is family, yeah. you know? Um, but hopefully he stops by and that kind of thing. You haven't know? seen him this semester. Oh, this, well, I just well, said this no. semester, this season. <laughs> See, yeah, it's cool. No, we haven't seen him. Well, it does feel like semester. I always say that. Yeah. I call it school nights when it's going to work. Right. But um, the... What was I saying? I'm about? sorry, I cut you off because you were shocked that he hasn't been by. <laughs> I, know, I was shocked, actually. That did it, throw it me. It totally I'm threw like, you. wait, You're he like, hasn't I'm been sorry, by? what? I mean, we're Netflix on, is right, right? We're on episode 12. He hasn't been by yet. I don't have a comment. <laughs> um, oh, what I was going to say, I remember early on when, early on in the show, let's just say people were concerned that the show would be too much Blackish and not enough ABC Family show, right? Were they? Oh, okay. Yes, that was a concern. Interesting. So, interesting. They were concerned about these being this being more the show, and now you know maybe you start with that, and then you, there's just family stories. You know, there's all that kind of conversation because oh, people gosh. were never crazy. The show hadn't aired yet, right? Yeah, I know. And even, people were so freaked out by the, the title. title. We oh, had to come ti- up with different titles, and we Pe- came up with bullshit titles just to people make sure they wouldn't so choose them. People were so freaked out by it the was, title. By the way, to be honest, yes. as was I. Yeah. Absolutely, did yeah. not think it was the correct title. I wasn't sure. Mm. Kenya was sh- was sure, I believe. He he was he was sure, but he was terrified. Yes, he was terrified. Yeah. right. So uh, there were times when all of us weren't sure, and then we were really sure. But interesting enough, Paul Lee, the head of the network, said, yeah. "No, Blackish is awesome. You're not well because don't change. You think yeah. about it, like it right. couldn't have been called the Johnsons. No, that would. I think that was one of them. Yeah, I think it would have ruined. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been the show. Right. I think the Cosby Show was one of them. Yeah, you yeah. were just going to call it the Cosby Show. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> 2.0 right? oh that wouldn't have gone well uh, no it would not but uh so we were gonna do this episode I remember where there was a moment where Dre was gonna spank Miles and uh, it was something like that mm-hmm. and I remember they didn't like it and so <laughs> They had a lot of issues with it. So then we decided to make the whole episode about spanking. Yes. And it was hilarious. Like, oh, you don't like this one thing? You're like, how about the whole episode? It's interesting you're concerned about that. (laughs) We would like to explore that as an issue. But what happened was then we started talking about it in the writer's room. I know. And I know they still do this where— Everybody had a different story about I know, spanking. which makes it—this is yes. the reason that our show— Yes. Yeah. It's one of the brilliant things I think Kenya was able to do in the making of that show, is take these different opinions that people had in that room, yeah. and you you mush that into the script. <laughs> I also—there's this yeah. other thing that he set up on our show that I think is fantastic, is that we, we start our entrance in— 
to these larger issues is always so unexpected. And you always think you're going here and then you go here. Right. And it's always like even the um, the N word episode. Yes. The fact that it was right. uh, Jack. Yeah, that he's singing that it's a song. I, or it whatever. was so unexpected. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It was so unexpected, yes. and he's the cutest little thing. It was such a great way to, was do such that. Yeah. A great way to yeah, go yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always happens too. So it's like you're already off kilter yeah. by the time you get in there, and then you get in there, right. and you're not really sure. Wait, are you telling me it's bad? Or are you telling me it's good? Are you telling? Right. And so all these things are happening. Yeah. And everybody's tripping over it from a different direction and for mm-hmm. a different reason. And no real answer is given, but instead we've just sort of presented and put something on the table yeah. that, or in all honesty, the way I say it is we took something off the wallpaper of our lives yeah. and brought it into view in a way right. that we've been just walking by it and assuming that that's just the thing on the wall. Yeah. But now we're like, but should it be on the wall? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that's a thing we take off the wall, or maybe we should cut it into smaller pieces and yeah. put it up in different places on the wall. Right. You know, um, and that's what I, I think our show does incredibly well. That's the writers. That's not us. Yeah, that's one not of, me. Although a combination of factors, one of the, I found one of the most um, provocative episodes was a Juneteenth episode. Juneteenth was now that's yeah. something that yes, it has a concept. But it used the talents of you guys in a way that you normally well, don't yes. get to see on television. But let me also just yeah. say, I mean, I was like, we're doing a what? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to dress as slaves and do a musical. I'm sorry? I was like, yeah. I beg your pardon? Yeah. And we're going to start the season this way? Yeah. I was like, hmm. What are you talking about? That's a big swing. Um, yeah, Yeah. it was terrifying. And you know, all of us. What was the feeling amongst everybody? Well, we were all a little bit of the the head turn, like the, Uh I'm sorry, what? And then, you know, we started getting into it and, and, we all started doing what we do and right. and you know what it's like when we're in those creative processes when it's not processes or whatever when it's not working mm-hmm. or something feels scary like you know I speak up oh absolutely um, so and everybody was doing that did, like everybody had different did you guys have input at the script stage or, or did well, you learn about it well we did the table it? read okay and that's when you were like and so then you know there's mm-hmm. the first rumblings of I don't know guys because you know at the table read we didn't have all the music we didn't know what the right. uh, all the elements that come Just, together then you ex- sing a mammy song the, <laughs> you know, I mean, but the extraordinary department heads that do everything—they put right. together these costumes, and there's that set that we were on. All of those different pieces that, mm-hmm. like, you're not quite sure what it's totally going to turn into. Mm. Um, but the material in its in and of itself was important. One could feel that. I could feel the importance of it. I could feel that it was written beautiful, beautifully. Mm-hmm. The thing that was frightening was you're like, okay, so we are going to dress as slaves Mm -hmm. in a like I was like what you don't know what that's gonna and dance and sing right didn't know what that was gonna turn into Mm -hmm. you know sometimes at the table read it's just you're like this is this feels not right or whatever that is and you can do that but it was so many unknown elements such a big leap of faith it was a big leap of faith Mm -hmm. Um, Anton our director is one of my favorites he did Juneteenth and Kenya was very present Mm -hmm. um, because there was so much of his sort of um, overall vision that always— Did the idea come from Kenya? I'm not sure, actually. Okay. 
I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it came from Kenya. I know Saji wrote it. He writes mm-hmm. so many of our. He's so angry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's so talented. <laughs> no, Saji is great. He was there in the Peter beginning. Peter Saji, yes, he's yeah, been there since Peter the beginning. Saji Do you know that he is only 28 years old? No, you're no. Can I tell you? Let me. Are you serious? I'm gonna read you this text thread he's because not. I have to tell you something. He's not 28. Listen to me. I. This is what I wrote to him. I he's sa- started when he was 23 on the show. This is what is disturbing to me. Stand by. Okay. Listen. I love all this inside talk. Everybody's like, who are they talking about? No, Peter Saji, everybody Don't should Google know. Him right now, everybody guys, should and you can play okay, along. He turned 27. I'm going to punch you because this can't okay. be true. He's got to be lying. Right. Why okay. did I get punched in this? Okay. Well, he should be punched. <laughs> right. I said, are you seriously 27? That is embarrassing. You need to grow up. That's crazy. <laughs> no, this is crazy. Now, he- listen, everybody, there's nothing wrong with being 27. But when you are 27, writing these scripts that you're writing, there's no way. Let's uh, let's Google it. Also, he told us stories when we started. <laughs> like, a, it was a 45-year-old man telling these stories I, about some of the stuff that happened in his life. I, must, I didn't think he, he wasn't that age, of course. Okay, but. television producer, writer, person. Let's put age. All right. Okay. These are very important things. This is very important. Has he, did he? Uh, he's not 28. Is it different? He's Please. 40. Yes, thank you. Yes, he I told you. He is such an asshole. When did he say he was 28? His birthday invitation said he was turning 27. Oh, shit. Tracy, wait. There's a bigger problem here. You're saying you believed it. That is the problem. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to text him now, but we're doing a podcast. You should text him right now in the po- I, during I, the podcast. I'm Let's so, get him on the line. I'm so upset okay, with him guys, for this. Okay, guys, we're going to call Peter Sanders. Let's get him right on now. watch. He'll pick up. And let's see why he lied about this. <laughs> Tell him you're... Do you want me to call him on yeah, speakerphone? absolutely. Okay. Voice call. We want to hear what's speaker going phone. on here. This is a, a black on the air exclusive. <laughs> Tracy Ellis Ross is calling. Did you say right black or blackish on the bla- air? Blackish on the she air. black yeah, on the air. Right. Blackish on the air with Tracy. Watch, well, he's not going to pick up. Calling this is not a good sign, like, guys. Why is Tracy calling me? This is not a good she sign. She has an issue with the story and I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> Just act it. Just act it. This is not a good sign. You when better it, pick up the phone. Huh. And it's not even a personalized message. It's like I feel very offended by what just wanna, happened. You First should of text all, him. Text him and tell him I, to turn you back. I believed him. Mm. I can't focus on text the texting. And no, say, I can't. Say, call me back right now. <laughs> I'm going to do this after. Okay. I can't believe I believed he was 27, and I never thought to Google him. Uh, yes, and I'm thinking that is impossible. There's absolutely that's no what way. I said. And then the I was like, that he looks very good. Life, yeah, it was. He must have been in a cryogenic freeze for about ten years and took some time off. <laughs> and said, "Well, technically, it's like that man. Did you see the story of the man? I, who, I can't believe I believed him. I'm I'm Tracy, so I feel upset. so bad for I, you. And I did it on the air. I'm so upset right now. This, you guys, this is why. This, yeah, I believe things. Okay, that's this, why this I'm is a the good revela- actor. This is the revelation right now. Tracy believes things. So don't fucking mess. Tell with Tell her the truth, you guys. I'm serious. Truth is important to an actor who works in the industry. <laughs> She's so embarrassed. <laughs> so right now. embarrassed. If I could turn red, I would. Oh, this is awful. You know, it's it's Thank very you. understandable. He hasn't called back. I get it. Yeah. This is all my game is gone. I obviously have no game. Well, oh, here's the thing. So this man, he's like in his sixties, mm-hmm. but he says he now identifies as a forty five year old. I don't understand. This is true. This is true. <laughs> and he says he wants legally to change his Stop age it. to forty five. I'm not making this up, Tracy. We've, I'm not we've making gone, this up. That's the world is is officially in topsy. Out. We're officially in topsy turvy land. Cats and dogs are mating now, you know, it's all that stuff. Cats and dogs falling on. All that stuff is happening. But that's maybe okay, no? Because I um, love a cat dog. I, 
Really? You wouldn't want a cat dog? A dog cat. That a cat dog. Okay. I would take a could uh, no, I would take a the cat before I would take a cat dog. I think a cadet, a cadet, and a cadet is something totally different, guys. Don't I don't want anyone to want, be confused. I just want the dog to come first. The de cat or the cadog? Do you want a cat with dog features, or do you want a dog with cat features? At, at a certain point, it's the same thing, Larry. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm gonna be honest with you. At a certain point, shit doesn't matter. Mm, well, I don't know because. Cats are going to treat you a certain way. Oh, come on. But it's going to look like a dog, so it's going to frustrate you more. But the dog, you think, oh, that's a cat. He doesn't care I'm about really me. And sorry. Then I'm and really then he's going to come over and go, <laughs> and you're like, hey, look at that cat. It loves me. It unconditionally loves me. See the bonus of the dog cat? I had a dog that was had a cat personality. Yeah. Her main expression was, this is bullshit. What kind of dog was it? A lasopso. Oh, okay. Ladybug. Yeah. One of my soulmates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. An angel. The other thing I, I want to talk about, yes, okay. um, coming back to the interview. Yes, um, sorry. You should totally cut all that out. No, are you kidding me? That's gold. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> That's the gold. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, you've talked about many things. You've talked about uh, being the daughter of a famous person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we're kind of— I made in, all that up, though. Yeah, I figured that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Oh, your mom's twenty seven. Yeah, I needed I needed an angle. I needed a way in. <laughs> right, um, but it's interesting when you talk about it because you yours is a little special because your mom was so famous, mm. you know. But I was always moved by the fact that you the way that you described growing up with your mom. She it feels like she went out of her way to make life ordinary for you guys. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, very much so. Yeah, she it was very important. For, I think the biggest thing though is that we were more important than her career. Well, yeah, and that. It's huge when you think think about showbiz. Also, think about her career. Yes. Um, yeah. And so uh, we didn't mention, but my mom is Diana Ross. People, not yes. everybody knows Diana that. Ross, so my sorry. mom is Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really put us first. Yeah. So uh, it was all to kind of, uh, her gift was her gift. And then there was the gift that she wanted children. And mm-hmm. she made space for us before we came into the world, and right. as a result, we were a priority and making sure that our lives, that she was setting us up mm-hmm. for good, happy, successful lives meant that she created a real foundation. Right. Um, and as a result, and, you know, my mom was raised by a wonderful mom, mm-hmm. so she had a good example. Did you ever meet your grandmother? Mm-hmm, I did. Uh-huh. Ernestine. Ernestine. Yeah. Was she from Detroit? Um, yes. Uh-huh. Or with, I was going to say that could have been the Southern Migration first. It yeah. was, uh, she didn't start in Detroit, <clears throat> yeah. but for some reason it's escaping me where she started. Probably Mississippi. I'm not, no, mm-hmm. not Mississippi, but I'm mm-hmm. not really good at stuff like that. Like, yeah. or he's, any of my nieces, nephews, or godchildren's ages. Are you a family tree type of person? Do you like no. to look up family and that type of stuff? No, my sister, my sister Rhonda is. Sister does And my uh, mom's sister, Aunt Rita, is the one that does that for yeah. my mom. My mom is one of six. Um, I'm one of five. Yeah. And, um, ver- I mean, I'm very family-oriented. Are you closer to your siblings? Very. Mm-hmm. Is there one that you're closer to than another? Um, I talk to, but I don't think it's that I'm closer to them. Mm-hmm. I think it's that—so um, Chudney and Ross are on the shire side of the personalities. Mm-hmm. And then Rhonda, Evan, and I are all the sort of showbiz. We're, like, in the industry and— mm-hmm. So it's sort of about that. But I talk to my brother Evan a lot. Yeah. And I talk to my sister Rhonda a lot. Right. Like a lot. 
And I talk to my mom a lot. Like by a lot, how much is that? Sometimes Evan and I talk numerous times a day. Uh-huh. Um, Rhonda and I, once we get started talking, and Rhonda and I like sort of run every family decision by each other. We're kind of yeah. um, mom and dad in that sense. Um, and Do you guys make like family decisions at this point as adults and everything? Are there... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a uh-huh. lot. Like we still do a ton together as mm-hmm. a family. So More than just holidays. You guys— We do holidays together. We do family dinners together. I mean, there's five kids, grandchildren's husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. So there's birthdays that come up literally every other week. Right. Like, there's just all the time. Yes. yes. Like, there's a birthday every month. (laughs) All the time. Every time. All the time. Um, It's so true. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of. It's really hard. Uh, We do Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Mm -hmm. Um, We try and do at least one other trip. But we love being together. Mm -hmm. We just love it. That's great. I think things like that are the things— that you need to keep a steady, be a steady person in this business to navigate it emotionally. You know, I Um, don't know that it requires that. I think mm -hmm. it requires um, a person deciding Mm -hmm. what they are wanting from it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and what you want from your life. Right. You know, I don't know that it requires a family um, to stay grounded. Well, I'm saying it's good, you know, it's, it's one of I those things I think it's one of the help. things that I love. Right. Um, I think that groundedness doesn't come from other people. I yeah. think a groundedness comes from one's relationship to oneself and yeah. where your priorities are. Very well said. You know, and I think um, it's just, you know, it's sort of where you put your attention, where you put your interest and what matters to you. Mm-hmm. Um, where are those my, things for you? I mean, my favorite part of my life is like my life. Yeah. You know, like right. I loved when I had a dog and the reality of the fact that yeah. I had to feed her and pick yes. up her shit. And you know, I'm there now. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's that's what's going to happen. Yes. Like, I remember in the beginning, I was like, do you seriously have to eat again? <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom again, right. you know? But like, you, that, you get up and you do that and you sure. show up for something other than yourself and you show up for something bigger than yourself. Yes. Um, which I think is part of why campaigning and using my voice or Mm -hmm. doing my TED Talk, which we mentioned and then we forgot. I don't know what I started saying. But um, Let's come back to that. And speaking speaking up um, is really important to me. Well, let's let's talk about that with a few minutes left because I thought you had very powerful uh, words. What inspired you to do it? Were you you approached by TED Talk or did you— Approach them, say, look, I really want to say something. They approached me. Oh, great, great. So, and I think, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. There's, Mm -hmm. like, certain bucket list things. Mm -hmm. um, And speaking and writing speeches Mm -hmm. uh, has—was, like, something that was really terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference in speaking um, just— from your heart and just speaking and actually writing something and collecting your thoughts into that and not a character but just you is no small task. Right. Um, And it's not for the faint of heart. They they say it's one of the most terrifying things, right? It's it's really, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's public speaking, but then also what you're going to say. Yes. It's like, so it started. Writing. Jesus. (laughs) And speaking. It's like the the, the lead up to the speaking is a fucking nightmare. No, trust me. Oh my God, you know. it's. Uh, I have to do it every day of my life. It's really, really intense. So I started when I went out camping, campaigning for Obama in 2007, Mm -hmm. um, writing speeches. 
And I've never been more like a mess and a wreck in my life. I can life. only imagine. How, like, how long were your speeches? Because that's, that's the part that's intimidating to me. Like, say, uh, we want you to give like a 15-minute speech. I'm like, 15 minutes? People, do you know what, how many pages are 15 minutes? Do you know minutes? how long 15 minutes is? <laughs> it's Three lead. minutes is plenty. Yes, exactly. Plenty of talking. I agree. So, I agree. you know, it depended. <clears throat> but, like, I didn't know what I was doing. So, I just, I would literally toil and mm-hmm. write and toil. And I am not an experienced, trained writer who had mm-hmm. spent my years in high school like being somebody who was like, I'm a writer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was not Tracy my thing. just made the fake typing. Motion. I did. I was just, like, I'm, know, and my shoulders yeah, too. I was like, I'm a writer. Like, like, and a I had a cigar. cigar. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm a writer. I'm yeah, a writer, guys. Hey, this is funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys get my papers that I wrote exactly. on? Don't, for, don't <laughs> forget to tip your waiters. <laughs> like, no, I right. wasn't that person, right? Uh-huh. I'm, I was a performer like that person right and i tell good stories and all that but that's very different your mm-hmm. actual speaking voice is so different than your writing voice to actually mm-hmm. write something that sounds the way you talk is like an insane task that is very well put i have never heard anyone say it like that it's that it is, is totally different it people is, are like can't right. you just transcribe it no it looks like garbage <laughs> You yes, literally look like you don't know how to spell or right. to, to do grammar. Like the way you actually talk when people understand it oh, and they're in your face. on the page. Yeah. It is a nightmare. Right. So there's the, a formality to a certain type of There's a formality, speech, but it's speechifying. It's speechifying yes. and but I'm so intrigued by language because yeah, I'm so intrigued with connection mm-hmm. and I'm so intrigued with how you effectively express what is in your heart and in your mind in a way that people actually hear what you mean. Yes. That is— That's amazing. —a huge task. And then not only that they're going to hear what you mean, but feel the way you mean it. Mm. So that task in and of itself is something that, honestly, since 2007, I've been struggling with and trying to learn Mm -hmm. how to do. Clarity and intention. Oh, my God. Intent. Is is really a Mm. lot. And, you know, you start by saying— I, like, this is what I feel. So you say, you don't say other, like, you try and describe it through how you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Cut to the TED Talk. Yes. Something I had always wanted to do, but then I get there into this position where I'm going to do a TED Talk. Mm -hmm. And the idea of what they wanted versus what I wanted to say had a little bit of conflict. Okay, what was that? They wanted funny. Oh, interesting. Um, and I understand that. it's, it, And they didn't—it's not that they—I think they were banking on it in the context of all the other people that were there. That was their expectation. Oh, we got Tracy Russell. She's funny. She, it, she will give us that thing. She'll lighten things up. But what was fascinating and a, a first for me is I had done a Ted Style talk for the Glamour Women of the Year— earlier in the year mm-hmm. um, that went viral unexpectedly because I really thought it was going to be stupid and nobody was going to care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, in that, really spoke about my own story. I remember that. Yeah, I think about, I texted you about that. Yes, I think you yeah, did. My right. life is mine. Yes. And I really talked about it from amazing. an honest um, place about the experience that I'm right. in at this point in my career, playing a mother who had just birthed out her mm-hmm. fifth kid, being single, and not having had a you child You spoke yet. for so many people. Well, and, right. it, and people who it identified, seemed to identify with it, when it had nothing to do with child or marriage, yes. but about owning your own life and your That's own right. life's experience. That's right. So that, I had gotten to a certain place on writing from my heart, right? Yeah. But yeah. then the TED Talk, I was completely naked because what I was doing was not talking about my experience 
as an actor, being my mom's child. I wasn't mm-hmm. performing and being funny. Right. I actually took thoughts and things that I have been pondering, mulling over, and turned them into ideas that I hadn't heard anywhere before. So good. That's that's a, even a good exercise. It by was the way. Yes. fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I loved kind of it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was all the terrifying that I want from my yeah. life. And after the rehearsal, the people from TED came up to me and said, "We would like you to open the conference." Mm-hmm. And I then had like a day or something. Yeah. I can't even remember. It might have been a couple of hours to know that I was going to be the first person to speak at TED. And every all the other speakers were saying to me, oh, that's easy. You're used to doing this kind of thing. And I was like, no, I'm not. But I had another realization during that, which was I'm in my career, I'm used to being afraid. Mm. It's a part of what I do. Mm-hmm. So I have a comfortability with the idea of doing scary things. Yes. I don't not get scared. I get terrified. Right. It's part but I'm of the just process. used to being scared. Yeah. And so I feel that way all the time, too. It's part of what mm-hmm. we do. You, it is. It's, it it's, never goes away. It's and I think and my mom has always said that um excitement and fear have the same experience in your body. Mm-hmm. You just have a different label on them. Oh, that's interesting. And then I also Dana Ross, she's so smart. <laughs> she's so smart. <laughs> and then I also heard somebody say, it might have been me, I'm not sure. Um that Wait, I heard somebody say yeah. it might have been me, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, maybe I told myself. So it's possible that you were talking talking to yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do a I lot quote of myself sometimes. I do this I say, all the time. And I quote what I said. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's really good, Larry, and you got to give yourself credit. Right. And you might as well put those, those quotes around Thank it. Thank you. You know what I mean? Tracy knows you guys. I, listen, I, you know what? you got to make your own, own narrative. Exactly. And sometimes you have to write that. you got to do what you got to do. So um, I, I don't remember what the other thing was. Oh, mm-hmm. same feeling in your body. Yes. I also think that Uh if you are afraid, it means you care. Mm -hmm. And so I have used that in my life to know, like, yes, I care. And so I'm somebody who likes to be prepared. I like to do my homework. I'm not afraid to say I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, And to try new things. And that TED Talk was an absolute, like, leap for me. Mm -hmm. I was not falling back on any of the things that had brought me to that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, None of them. And and there I was. And, and, and did the imagery spring out of wanting to have your own expression on this? Is that fair to say? It was Because I, I thought the words you used were very powerful. You, well, thank you. Yeah. I worked very hard on them. Yeah. And that was why I held those cards, by the way. Yeah, I figured that. So yeah. TED you Talks. You wanted to make sure you got it that yeah, right. So a lot of people yes. don't know this, but people memorize their TED Talks. Yes. There's, there's no teleprompter. Sure. Which is really scary. It's part of the deal. That's yeah. terrifying. I didn't know this. I'm sure Ted stands for something that means that, but I'm not clever enough right now to figure that out. Yeah, something terrifying. <laughs> something like, we're going to scare the shit out of you. Um, so, but I had worked so hard on my words yes. that I wanted to make sure I got them right. It was important to me. I am somebody who always ponders and pulls things apart okay. that way. I mm-hmm. dig in, I have a thought, and then I think, like, why? 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 I don't kind know. Kind deconstruct. Like, yeah, pull, mm-hmm. but, like, push up against the status quo mm-hmm. and then go, okay, so what? Like, have a curious thought about that. And min- tell everybody what, what the subject of your talk was. It was the wisdom of fury. Right. Um, and it really sort of stemmed from after the election of this president, um, I really was experiencing an emotion that I had not quite touched yet in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was experiencing it with regularity. 
and the word was fury and furious, mm-hmm. it's it was very rare to, for me to say I'm furious about something, angry, upset, disappointed, all those things. But there was a real furiousness to what I was feeling. There was a fire in it, um, and and a. Um, and I was hearing it in more places than just from me. Mm-hmm. I was hearing it from a lot of women around me. And so I started to look at that. What do you do with fury? What do you do with anger? And as women, we really aren't allowed to have it. And as black women, yeah. certainly not. And so what's in there? And then also looking at the spectrum of fury and sort of the spectrum of behavior that leads to that kind of fury mm-hmm. and the assumption around how women are treated yes. in our world. Mm-hmm. And then sort of the final point for me was as we are all attempting to create a world that did has not existed before, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we have to do is really listen to our anger, listen to our fury, yeah. and allow it to be there in constructive ways as information. And because you're a performer, and a good one, when you demonstrated anger and not being angry in a way that even made it more like, wow, you know, because your face is so expressive. So uh, when you show, I could I'm, never not get showing, Botox. I'm not showing anger, mm-hmm. and you do your, your smile, mm. and then you go back, I was like, ooh. Because it went from like the... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was such a powerful moment, Mm. you know. And I wrote down, no, some of the phrases because one of the phrases you made, and I think you were talking about, um, it may have been permission with um, either touching women or something like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. But you said the innocuous makes space for For the the, horrific. Yeah. What? Tell me what what you mean by that phrase. I found that a very interesting phrase. Well, I think that— it's so easy, especially in what we do, where mm-hmm. comedy is a currency. Yeah. Um, to allow things that are violent in nature, mm-hmm. but seem innocuous. Mm. The way we talk to each other, mm-hmm. the jokes we make about each other. Right. Um, create a culture that makes space for actual physical violence. Yeah. Um, And it's hard to see how those two things connect. Mm -hmm. It's especially and particularly hard for a person who has the privilege and the power in those dynamics to see how something that our culture has said is fine Mm -hmm. is not okay. Right. And how it connects in any way to the violent and actually specifically illegal behavior. It's kind of at the center of the Me Too movement, a lot of this, It's at the center of the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, that, the innocuous and the horrific, and how they connect to each other, and this idea of consent that really is about deconstructing a part of our culture Mm -hmm. that is so steeped in misogyny, patriarchy, and gender bias Mm -hmm. that it's really difficult for people. And it's part of the fabric of what we have lived with. Right, it's been going on for so long. For so long, Mm -hmm. and it's been okay, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. for so long. I mean, if you think about it, like, for example, during, uh, in 19, I think it was 83, What's what, what was the date of the incident for Dr. Blasey Ford and Kavanaugh? Uh, 1982, something okay. like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Date rape was not a term that existed. Right. So without it even being a term, yeah. it is. it would be very difficult for you to even identify or put a name on an experience that you had mm-hmm. that was not even considered a thing that was a problem. 
no matter how you how you experienced it. Mm-hmm. So we are living in a culture. You almost have to wait for the definition before you can even talk about it. To a certain extent. <laughs> right? To a certain are like, extent. You're crazy. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, and yeah. then you look at how um, women's. Uh, feelings or point of view or experience is discounted mm-hmm. as a part of how our culture works. There's just a lot to pull apart. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to relearn. There's a lot to understand. And there's a lot of listening that needs to happen. Right. Um, so, and, and, and I think that naming um, that spectrum made a lot of people upset, honestly. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of how the hell does that connect to the other thing? And, and to me, what I was really? po- what I was pointing at, as as best I could in a short amount of time, just through words, was this idea that there there it is all part of the same thing, mm-hmm. and we have to, with each other, really be able to name those things so that we can look at them differently. Mm-hmm. I had a better thought that left me, but that's okay. It'll come back. Mm. Well, look, giving a word to something, a name to something, um, many ways is pulling it into the light so mm-hmm. it can be seen for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because when it's in the dark, many times we can't see it, even mm-hmm. though we know it's there. Yep. We're aware of it. And that's why I picked that sentence because those two words, in a way, really describes the experience I'm looking at this a different way. The mm. experience of men and women. Mm. Many things that men have felt were innocuous to women were horrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And those are the actual experiences that they had. Well, so let me put which it is, even another way. Which is deeper than somebody who knows it's horrific in other right. words. So you know? in another way. Right. Um, there are experiences that um, black and brown people mm-hmm. have had. Yes. That to— a white person right. in their privilege seems innocuous. Yeah, what are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. a person of color, a black person in this country or a brown person in this right. country are absolutely horrific. Yeah, one of the biggest things, it's not quite horrific, but it can feel that way, is the helping the white person first. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> It's one of those things where if you complain about it, people say, oh, come on, stop it. But it happens so much, Tracy. There's so- <laughs> yes, it's so amazing to me. And so I'm at the point now where it happens, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But we all, we all yeah. have, I mean. And you can't complain because people think you're, you're a crazy person. There's you know? so Well, and I think that's part of what mm-hmm. the Me Too movement um, and the times up of it has actually created mm-hmm. for a lot of women is the courage to actually own an experience that they've had that they had to try and make sense of in a way that actually wasn't um, in line with the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that put the onus of responsibility for deconstructing it or finding a place um, to put it on the individual, right. as opposed to not only on the system, but the other person that was involved in the experience. Um, and there's an, an, a moment now where it's like, oh, no, I don't have to do that anymore. Right. I don't have to experience that and pretend it didn't happen. There's also within that um, the ability now to say, is that one of the wrong things? Because mm-hmm. I'm actually unclear, too. Right. You know, for all of us to have those questions. And I think that the uh, the bar of saying I'm not a rapist means I'm a good person is, is not quite the bar. Mm-hmm. There's more to it. That is a fact. <laughs> there's, there's more to it. Are you optimistic about where we're going in these relationships that we're 
you know, it feels like we're going through a sea change, I hope. You mm-hmm. know, are you optimistic about that? Does it feel like like that next generation may not have to deal with quite the same issues that maybe we dealt with or maybe I that's don't, going on You know, on it's now. so interesting. You or do you have an opinion optimistic. about it? Anyway? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't really look at the world like opt- – I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a shit ton of work to do. Mm-hmm. I know that it's not. There's always something else that pops up too. <laughs> well, I think because the truth right. is, like we're we're taking down a building that we've all been living in. Yeah. I mean, and even mm-hmm. though it's like the building of patriarchy, and I might be on the 31st floor, I'm like, but there's like this is a bad floor. And it you're says like, Trump Tower on the side. Yeah, you're like you're like <laughs> I think it needs to come down. Like, does that yeah. mean we go in the basement? Like, where do we go? You know. And there's a lot like there's things that I benefit from. And if 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 mm-hmm. we if all of us aren't able to acknowledge our privilege either on our own or when it's pointed out, then and the blind spot that is created because of that privilege, whether it's the privilege of beauty, the privilege of money, the privilege of fame, the privilege of your whiteness, the privilege of your maleness, that I mean, you know, there's so many things. The privilege mm-hmm. of where you grew up, the privilege of privilege of America, the privilege of America, mm-hmm. which is there that much anymore? Oh yeah, I'm I'm joking. It <laughs> yeah. just seems to be dwindling. There's a little less. Uh, well, the pri- <laughs> no, the privilege is still there, yeah. but uh, the the yeah. issues that come along with that privilege are always yes interesting. But Very. let's not make that yeah. Just I mean, I, I was <laughs> yeah. trying to make a joke. It wasn't yeah. great. Oops, sorry. But, I took away Tracy's joke. No, I took away. I didn't take away your jokes before, <laughs> but I missed them. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't know. I I think we are on. This is a good place. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really uncomfortable place. Yeah. I think um, the reality of being in proximity. But there's so many people exploring these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Eloquent Rage is a book that's out right now that's incredible. Oh. Um, Good and Mad, Rebecca Traster's book mm-hmm. is out right now. Um, Audre Lorde's uh, Sister Outsider is always a good book to read. Um, and sort of it's one of my Bibles that I kind of always mm-hmm. thumb back through. Um, there are people that are really exploring these Very issues mm-hmm. and, and looking at that place uh, for gender yeah. Um, that we're unpacking right now. Anything we should know, Tracy? Anything coming up, or is there something There's that you're so looking? So many things, Great. but nothing. Anything you want to tease? No, no, um, nothing what, to tease. What do you want to do, Tracy? Are, is this something? Do you want to just keep doing this type of thing? Do you want to no direct? Do you want to? Well, I did some directing, yes. which I love. Great. Um, but I really love producing. Mm-hmm. I like creating content. I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. I I feel like I have a a desire to tell certain kinds of stories, mm-hmm. um, not just through film and television, mm-hmm. but also uh, through things. Interesting. And when I said things, I mean like yeah, she be- made another beauty things, hair things, clothes yeah. things. Right. I have a desire to tell the story, um, that story of inclusiveness and uh, self-love and joy. Um through all those different things. Well, we can't wait to hear all those stories. Tracy, <laughs> so much. Thank you so much for coming by. I know you worked a long time today. I, it's all good. Yeah. I was so happy to see you, and I'm glad we got able. We I, were able to do I this. I know. I saw Tracy a couple months ago. Go, Please be on my podcast. <laughs> She's like, get this crazy man away from me. I did not say any such thing. God bless uh, you if you if this was a conversation that anyone could follow. It was fun, though. Did you have a good time? I had a very good time. I was just thinking back on all the things yeah. I said. Because I feel like I'm talking to a friend, and I'm like, you, oh, right, but we're recording it. Yes. I know. Yes, that's so scary, exactly. Larry. 
Sorry. It's great. Blackish on the air is what we did instead of black on the air. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. <laughs> 